0: Welcome to Harmony. Would you stand up with us this morning? It's going to be a fantastic day to worship. And we are here to worship the lion and the lamb this morning. So as we sing, sing out. Make sure your neighbor can hear you sing. All right, sing with me right here. He's coming on the clouds. King the kingdoms live. And every chain will break as broken hearts declare his praise. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before him. Our God is the Lamb, the slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains and every knee will bow before the see him this morning awesome singing you may be seated
1: Well, good morning and welcome to Harmony. We are thrilled that you have made the decision to gather with us in person or watch and join us online. It's great to have all of you with us today, and uh, we are thankful for all that God has done and all that God continues uh, to do. When you hear those words, who can stop the Lord God Almighty? Think about that for just a moment. You know, sometimes we encounter struggles, we encounter some difficult situations, we have sickness, we have worries, we have anxieties, we have unanswered questions, and we wonder, how we're going to to deal with those things, how we're going to navigate through life. But when we stop and listen to those words and we discover that biblical truth, there's nothing that can stop God. And no matter what's going on in our life, we can be confident to know that he is more than able to take care of everything that needs to be taken care of. And I just wanna encourage you uh, to remember that today, no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what you're facing, remember that God is more than able to take care of whatever situation, you might be facing in your life. Well, it's good to have all of you with us today. I look out and I see some familiar faces that are visiting today, and Larry and Vicki Robinson are here with us today from Florida, uh, and it's good to have them in our service today. And uh, we've got several others that are here with us today, and we wanna thank you for gathering and being with us. Well, today we're gonna continue our series entitled Remarkable, and we're just gonna be talking about uh, the life of Jesus, who he is, uh, what he has to offer uh, in our life, and uh, how he can make an eternal difference, uh, not only in our life for our forever home in heaven, but some things that he can do right here and right now. And we're going to take a look at a question Uh, that is asked in Mark chapter 7 and verse number 5. And I believe as we take a look at that uh, and then walk down through there, we're going to discover some things that will help us today as we navigate through life's situations. Well, again, thank you for being with us today. If you're a guest online, we want to thank you. If you're a guest in person, we would love the opportunity to connect with you uh, after the service. So stop by the Connection Center uh, and let us learn a little bit more about you today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you today, and Lord, we just ask that you would hear our request. Father, I I ask you right now for Linda Markin, who uh, had knee replacement surgery earlier in the week, that you would be with her. Lord, I pray for Angie Hagler as uh, she continues to... Uh, recover, uh, that you would uh, take care of her and bless her. And Lord, for Bob's cousin as uh, they're dealing with uh, a loss uh, in in that family out in Texas, Lord, I just ask that you would uh, take care uh, of of them and bring them comfort and strength. And Lord, I I think of all of those, uh, Father, that are on our prayer list, those that have had struggles and uh, setbacks, Lord, those that are having health concerns right now uh, and uncertainties in, in that area. Lord, I just ask that you would be with them, that you would meet that need. Lord, for all those that are dealing with... just the challenges of getting back into a routine. A school has started back and different things are pressing upon us and uh, we see different stories that are taking place and unfolding on the news. And Lord, so much going on in our country right now and and around the world, uh, Father, with uh, uncertainty and and questions that rise up in our mind. Lord, I just ask that you would take all of our fears, that you would calm all of our anxieties and God, that we uh, would know that you are in control and God, that you would take care of all things. And Lord, help us to trust you with them. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen.
0: Amen. Stand with us one more time. God is in the business of making a way when there seems to be no way. That's what this song is all about. Sing with me as we sing Redeemed. the beginning. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation, now revealed in you, our Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, our King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful you this much you didn't want heaven without us so Jesus you Be seated.
1: If you could ask Jesus one question, it's just you and him face to face, if you could ask him one question, anything, what would it be? As we've traveled through Mark chapter, uh, Mark, and, and, and we're coming into to chapter 7 today, the, the first six chapters of Mark, we've, we've seen some incredible things. We've seen Jesus be baptized. We have witnessed how Jesus was able to bring healing to, to those that were sick. A woman that, that had a struggle for over 12 years, Jesus just allows her to touch the hem of his garment and, and all of a sudden she's completely changed and, and she is, is healed. Uh, what about gathering out on the, the side of a hillside and, and, and having a crowd of 5,000 plus people surrounding you and, and there's really no food, but you tell the disciples, look, I want you to make an effort to go ahead and, and feed them, just go ahead and, and do it. And, and they said, with what? There's nothing around. and Jesus says, "Find what you can, just go feed them." And they go and they find a, a few loaves and a few fish. and Jesus multiplies it, and there's 5,000 people that are fed, and there's leftovers. Well, word begins to spread, right? Because Jesus goes to Gennesaret, then he's back in Galilee and, and he's constantly interacting with people and he's invited James and John and Peter and Andrew to come and follow him and Matthew and all of these things are spreading all over because he's completely unusual. And then there's a group that comes down from Jerusalem and here's what they say. They say, we've got to go find out who this Jesus guy is and we've gotta ask him some questions. Now keep in mind, some of you are still thinking about the question that you would ask Jesus if you could meet with him face to face. If you could just ask him one thing, a, a burning question in your, your heart, what, what would that be? Now Jesus is, is healing people, he's restoring sight to the blind, he's giving the, the deaf ears that, that they might hear. He's, he's healed an issue of blood. He's fed the multitudes, and word is spreading. And people from Jerusalem said, we're going to make a journey, and we're going to go ask Jesus a question. Well, let's take a look at the question that is asked in Mark chapter 7, beginning in verse number 1. We're going to take a look at the first five verses together. It says, Then the Pharisees... And some of the scribes came together to him, having come from Jerusalem. It says, Now when they had saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace... They do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other things which they have received and hold, like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and couches. It says, then the Pharisees and scribes, big moment, this is like the drum roll situation, face to face with Jesus, face to face with the guy who's healing, the man who is multiplying food and and feeding people. And everyone from all over is coming to see. All right? They, they, They can't get close to him when he's teaching. And crowds are saying, we've never heard anything like this. And this is the question that is asked. Verse number five. The Pharisees and scribes asked him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition Of the elders, but they eat bread with un washed. And we're teaching some, some truth, and, and here's the, the deal. We heard about the woman with the issue of blood. We heard a, about how you invited Matthew, that, that guy that sat that at the receipt of custom, and, and he was there day after day taking money and, and stealing from people. We've heard those things, and, and we've heard how there's been a change in their life. And then all these people, I, I mean, we heard what, what happened when you were in the house, and, and they, they took their friend up to the roof, and they let him down, and how they peeled away those tiles and they, they dropped him down and, and his friends got him there. We, we heard how you were willing to say, take up your bed and your sins be forgiven. And, and, and the guy walked out. We, we heard about that man who was changed. Would you tell us how you did it? What do you have that we don't? But instead, here's, here's what they said. Honestly, this is, this is just, this is what it is. It's phrased in a fancy way in the Bible, right? It be, because it comes from a, a different language and it's put out there. But, but ultimately, he, here's what they asked. Sit down, formal meeting with Jesus. And, and here's what they said. They said, Jesus, we've noticed something about your followers. Notice they didn't say we've noticed something about you. They said, we've noticed something about your followers, and we're just really kind of hung up on it, and we can't get past it. We've noticed that, well, when they eat, they don't wash their hands. That, that's it. Not, Jesus, where are you learning some of this, this truth from that's, that's got the attention of the crowds? Not, Jesus, how did you take some ordinary fishermen and some ordinary people and ask him to follow you, and, and their life seems to be changing. And, and how is the crowd going and, and getting bigger everywhere you go? They, they just said, Jesus, we, we've noticed that your disciples don't wash their hands before they eat. And, well, this is really bothering us. This is really bothering us. They, they really ask him this. They, they, they said, Jesus, why don't your disciples do what we do. In essence, they were saying, Jesus, why don't you do what we do? Now think about this for just a moment. Here's a group of people that are religious. Here's a group of people that are down at the temple. They're they're leading the way, and when it comes to dotting an I and crossing a T, they're on it, but they haven't fed the multitude from nothing to start with that they didn't offer healing to to the gentleman that was lowered into their presence through through a roof where a crowd was so great people couldn't get to him nobody has left their teaching session saying we've never heard heard anything like this we want more when Jesus stood up to teach people would say don't quit When the elders and the scribes and those stood up to teach and begin to interpret, it's just like it is today, right? People are going, wow, is he done yet? Is it going to end? Is it going to be over? Could we just wrap it up right now? Because I have things to do. When Jesus was in their presence, everything was different, and they had a chance to ask one big question. And here's really the question. Jesus, how come you're not more like us? How come you're not doing what we are doing? And some of us would look and say, man, I can't believe. I can't believe that they had a chance to ask a question of Jesus and they would just simply say, how come you don't wash your hands? Because don't, don't, don't you know how we do it? I mean, literally, we've got this whole thing. I mean, I know that God gave 10 commandments to Moses, but we thought we needed to upgrade those, and we included washing hands on it, and we've got this little formula. We have literally this amount of water, which is an eggshell and a half, right? That, that, that's what we want to do. We want to fill an eggshell and then a half another one, and we want to put that amount of water, and we want to go ahead and rub our hands in a certain way, and then, by all means, we have to hold our hands up like this so that the water drains back up the wrists, Because we wouldn't want anything going forward. It might not make it off the finger. And the hands would not be clean. They had their their set. They knew how things were supposed to go. And they said, Jesus, how come you're not doing it like we're doing it? Well, let's take a look at Jesus' response. And we're just going to make a couple of comparisons with Scripture and we're going to move through it quickly this morning, and I promise it won't take long. But I promise if we'll get what's taking place in this passage of Scripture, we're all going to be better off for it. You know, can I just relieve you of, of, of something right, right now? Um, the, the reality is you and I really probably need to wash your hands, right? In the midst of a, a pandemic, we have all kinds of charts everywhere, and, and, and we see that. We, we probably ought to wash your hands, we, we probably ought to do things like brush our teeth, right? I, I, I mean, when, when you're a kid growing up and you know you got a dentist appointment the next day, do you know what every kid does? And, and some of your parents are like, oh, my kids don't do it. But I promise you, we got some dental hygienists in here. They see some gums that are red and they look sore the day of the appointment. Why? Because those kids have been up scrubbing. Uh, they, 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 they brushed them last night and this morning and, and, and right before it, they went in. Why? Because we want people to think that we're clean. Do you know what the Pharisees said? They said, Jesus, we really want people to think that we're clean, so we wash our hands, and it's a good opportunity to fool them. They didn't say it like that, but that's exactly what they said. Let's just take a look. What was Jesus' response? It says, and he answered and said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites or actors as it is written? This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things you do. And he said to them, all too well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your tradition." For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is korban, that is, a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. So the question is, Jesus, why don't you do things like we do? And Jesus responds and says, if I did things like you do, I would be missing the point like you're missing the point. Let's just walk through a couple of these things. You see, when we begin to look at Verse number five. the The Pharisees really were asking this question. They, they, they said, "Jesus, do you walk after tradition or truth?" I would like for us to to consider this this question this, this morning. Right where we're at, in the midst of what's going on in our life, are we walking after tradition or are we walking after truth? Now, now, when when the disciples were were asked of, of Jesus, hey. Uh, what what do we need to do to to come and 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 follow you jesus didn't say look here's Here's what I want you to do to to come and and follow me. Jesus never said, look, I I want you to come and follow me, and I want you to to go ahead and wash your hands before we eat bread, and then I want to make sure that you observe all of these other things. No, Jesus said, come and follow me, and what? I will make you fishers of men. Jesus never tacked anything else onto it. Jesus never said, look, if, if you're good enough and you do a list of things, then you can follow me. So when we begin to look at what the Pharisees asked Jesus, the scribes that have come down from Jerusalem, and we've got this moment where they could ask him anything. They said, how come your disciples don't walk like we walk? Which is just simply saying, live. How come they don't conduct themselves like we conduct? Keep something that makes you feel good. You've put that in alongside of. And here's what's happened. You've allowed tradition to crowd out truth. Now, before we start beating up on the Pharisees and the scribes, we have to ask ourselves right now, am I walking according to to tradition or am I walking according to truth? Because it's really easy for us to look and say, what an absurd question. Why would anybody ask Jesus, how come your disciples don't wash their hands before they eat? I mean, I can't imagine meeting with Jesus and saying, man, there's something that's really bugging me. And I've just noticed that you, you just don't wash your hands before you eat. I mean, it's just really, it's in my crawl. I can't get it out of my mind. I, I just got to know. You see, there's a, a lot of us that would say, I would never ask a question like that. And here's the reality. We think of tradition as something that is old, something that has been handed down. But, but the, the reality is this, tradition is something that, that we agree to, that we maintain, that we place alongside of, and it creeps into every one of our lives. It, it creeps into relationships, it, it creeps into habits, and practices, it creeps into things like preferences, and likes, and dislikes, because that's what we've said, hey, this is what it's about, that this is where we're at, and, and the, the, the Pharisees and the scribes said, Jesus, look, you've got this great thing going on, and, and I just need to know, you ever stop and think about some of the things that we do to make ourselves feel good, ever, ever think about that for just a moment, man, you, you know what? I, I, I just get this great feeling, when? This makes me feel close to God, when? How many times do we live our life in a very similar circumstance? It, 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 it may be a, a different question. It, it might look a, a little different, but, but here's what we're really saying. What We're really saying, you know what? When I wash my hands or whatever it is, it makes me feel better on the inside because I did something that's only impacted on the outside. I I, I came in and and I did these three things today. I checked off a a couple of boxes and and it made me feel good to check off a box in my relationship with God, but I never really talked to him, I never really worshiped him, I, I never really made him a priority in my day you see we we live in a a, a time where where we come up with all kinds of things in in our culture and and, and, and in our churches and and the way we live and how we live. And and, and we can change the the setting from a standpoint of of a time in AD or or BC, but but the reality is we're struggling with some of the exact same issues that that the Pharisees and the scribes were were struggling with. We've got Jesus that can meet any need and every need. We've got Jesus that, that is what we all need and we get hung up on something that is so small and insignificant that it keeps us from the truth. You see, I I guess maybe a a better question than am I walking by tradition or am I walking by truth, maybe I should just kind of change this this morning and, and, and ask myself this question, what is keeping me from the truth? What is keeping someone around me from the truth? Because when when we begin to look at at where the scribes and the Pharisees were, there was one who came and his name is Jesus. And Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. And instead of being worried about getting people to Jesus, here's what they're saying. You know what? I'm not sure that we could ever promote him and give him a place in the synagogue. I'm not certain that we could ever invite him to speak again. I'm not certain that we could ever follow him because they're not hand washers. Forget about the presence, forget about the power, forget about all of the changed lives. There's something that's keeping them from the truth. And I wonder today what's keeping us from the truth, what what preference it might be, what what little thing that we, we get hung up on that keeps us from not just experiencing Jesus in a moment, but living for Jesus in daily life. Because their question was this, how come you don't walk like we walk? Which was just essentially this, how come your disciples don't walk in preference versus truth? How come your disciples are meeting people where they're at? This whole two-by-two thing and they went out and, and they told people about you? And demons were cast out and people were healed and they did all of that with truth and and there was no tradition. There there, there was nothing of that effect that that took place. How, How did that happen? That's not what they asked. They said, wow, Jesus, there's something different and it's really all on the outside that we're concerned about. Do you notice that When they showed up, the first thing that they found was the fault. They never said, Jesus, we're amazed with your crowds. We're amazed that God is is using people that are really simple people, unlearned, uneducated from a a religious standpoint. Think about it for, for just a moment. If you're Jesus, would you rather have a group that said, teach us how to wash your hands, or teach us how to pray? Think about that for, for, for one, one moment. There's some of us, let's just be honest, I mean, we might as well, we're talking about the truth, right? That there's some of us that, that would, would rather say, Lord, would you help me to, to look good on the outside? Would you, would you help me to, to look right on the outside? And would you help me to dot the T's and, and, and cross the I's? Would, would you help us to, to look good on the outside? Because after all, that's what people are going to see. And we want people to think that we've got it all together. We'll spend time with, with something like that. Yet we've got the one who can change the world, which means he can change our life. And we don't spend much time saying, Lord, we really need your help. Because on the inside, I'm a mess. And I'm beyond the washing the hands thing on the outside so that I can look good. And people will say, wow, they're acceptable and it looks like they, they've got it together. We're going to get there in, in, in just a, a moment. We're going to look at what Jesus says and, and read down through some of the verses as, as, as we get to them. But, but think about this. Let's just think about that question. Are we walking after tradition or are we walking after truth? Because when we're walking after tradition, we're going to worry about what's on the outside and we're going to neglect what's on the inside. And and ultimately, that comes down to it. They, They ask Jesus, how come your disciples are not worried about what's on the outside instead of what's on the inside? Let's look a little further. Jesus says in those verses that I read a moment ago, and I want to read them again so that they sink in, Jesus answered and said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written? He says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Teaching his doctrines, the the preference, the thing that they they wanted to be true, the way they wanted, the way they preferred, what made them comfortable. They said, man, this is the way it has to be. And immediately, people will go ahead and say, you know what, I know somebody just like that. Those people, they're stuck in their tradition and they just won't update to my way. Think about what you just said. Think about it long and hard. Think about that. Because both sides of that coin are there. You see, Jesus is Jesus and truth is truth. No matter where you're at, the question is, are we willing to go after it regardless of what it requires of us and regardless of what it might cost us and how uncomfortable or comfortable it might make us? What did Jesus say? Here's what he he said. He says, tradition creates habits and comfort, but truth changes hearts. Let's look at what Jesus just kind of responds. He says, your lips speak, but your heart is silent. Not only is your heart silent, but your heart is far from me. Do you realize that it's it's completely possible to sing your favorite song? It's completely possible to be in worship. It's completely possible to give an offering. It's completely possible to go ahead and serve in ministry, but our heart be far from God. Because he's talking to people that sing a song, that serve at the temple, that got it together on the outside. They're just not comfortable with truth on the inside. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, wow, when it comes to tradition, you guys have created some wonderful habits and some extreme comforts. He says, your your worship is vain. Why? Because your heart is far from me. He didn't say it's vain because I don't like it. He didn't say it's, it's vain because it's modern, or he didn't say it's vain because it's traditional. He said, because no matter where you're at, your heart is far from me. Your heart's not focused on me. He says, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. He says, your, your lips speak, your worship is vain. You create systems to help you, that hurt others. What, what, but you says to his father and mother, meaning that is a gift to God. He says, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. He says, I want to tell you how comfortable and habitual you've gotten in a relationship with God. We, we kind of lose this coming into the English translation, but, but ultimately, here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying this. Jesus is saying, look, you remember that commandment, honor your father and mother? And you remember how in, in that culture, a child was supposed to take care of the parents when, when they got older? He said, somewhere along the line, you guys allowed the children to say, oh, no, uh-uh. all of our money, all of our resources, they're a gift to God. And we set them aside to be used at the temple. But, but here's, here's the problem. They're never making it to the temple to be used. So he says, you guys are comfortable in allowing people to create a system where they can just say, oh no, mom, dad, sorry about your luck. It's not the retirement home for you, it's the street. Because what I've got is reserved for God and I'm using it down at the temple. But here's the problem, it was never making it to the temple do you know what he's saying he's saying you have created your systems no effect right this statement making the word of God of no effect through your tradition which you have handed down and many such things you do Jesus says you've made the word of God of no effect on your life and your culture I I wonder, and let's just be honest, I I wonder right now, today, as Christians, how, how, how we have helped make the word of God have a lesser effect on our culture because we've walked according to a tradition, something that keeps us comfortable, something that requires less of us, something that benefits us rather than truth. I wonder how we've made the word of God less effect on our culture because we look good on the outside, but we never deal with anything on the inside. We as a church often look at the culture. We look at what's going on. Politically, we look at look what's going on in our, our school systems, we look at what's going on all around the globe, and, and we just say, man, how can this be? And, and, and one of the reasons that this can be is, is because we as a church have, have honestly, we've been more interested in a, a system of comforts, a system of preference, a, a system that, that keeps us where we are rather than where God wants us to be something that doesn't require much of us you see if everything is always how I like it do, do you know do you know what that makes me that makes me easier to get along with just just that simple right if everything's always my way in a marriage in and in, in a relationship do you, do you know what that that means that means as long as I I get what I want I'm happy but that has nothing to do with maturity that has nothing to do with growing in a relationship, that has nothing to do with with me becoming more of what God wants me to be. And and here's the reality. The scribes and the Pharisees are face-to-face with the living truth. And they ask the living truth, why aren't you more like us? Because if you were more like us, we wouldn't have to change As much we take a look at why the Bible seems to have little impact in the culture today and and I can just say this it's not because the Bible has lost its impact it's not because the Bible is no longer effective and can I tell you this it's not because the church isn't relevant. If, if we're living by the Bible, we, we have to be relevant, right? The, the message is, is unchanging. Truth never changes. I get the models. I get the messages. I, I get all the other things that we can go ahead and, and lay out there. I've been through seminary. I go through conferences all of the time, and, and, and here's the reality. Do, do you want to know what the answer comes back to is, is, is this? Because as a whole, we're more interested on looking good and feeling good on the outside then we are confronting truth where it really matters on the inside of our lives because if our lives were changed and we were everything we would need to be then here's here's what we would say we would say you know what I don't care if you wash your hands or not this is Jesus and I want to introduce you to him I, I really don't care whether you clean that cup or not Uh, Jesus is right back there and I think that he has the answer And, and you know what we need to get to him What what could happen if if, if we would just take hold of the truth that Jesus is everything that he says he is and his word says that he is and and the reality is that all people need him and if we just begin to peel back the layers and we just begin to say, okay, here's what I'm going to walk by. I'm going to walk by the fact that Jesus gave me a cause and that was to be with him and to live my life for him and as I'm being with him and living my life for him, I'm supposed to help other people do the same. So what if I said, everyone I know, I want to know Jesus. Jesus. And everywhere I go, I want to be a reflection of that truth and I want to reach somebody in every way that I can because Jesus is the answer. Can you imagine this group of Pharisees? I don't want to stand before God on a lot of things, but can you imagine standing before God and, and having to give the response to, why in the world did you ask the question? <laughs> How come you don't wash your hands? Think about that. The perfect answer sinless one, the one that had nothing to be cleansed from, the one who was there to give his life for their life. That was the question. That's what they offered up. And we can look and we can say, wow, I certainly wouldn't have asked it, but here's the reality we might not ask it, but there's times where we live it because truth makes us uncomfortable. Why is, why is truth so important? Well, we're gonna wrap this up because truth cleanses and keeps you. Verse number 14, Jesus said and they went aside and he pulled the multitudes to himself and he said to them, hear me everyone and understand There is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him, but the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile a man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. When he had entered a house away from the crowd, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. So he said to them, are you thus without understanding also? Do you not perceive that whatever enters a man from the outside cannot defile him? Because it does not enter his heart, but his stomach, and is eliminated, thus purifying all foods. And he said, what comes out of a man that defiles a man from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile a man. Why was Jesus more interested in walking by truth than tradition? Because tradition is something that you keep, but truth keeps you. Tradition is something that makes you comfortable, but truth convicts you. Tradition is, is something that, that keeps you maybe where you are in that moment, but truth calls you to something more, something deeper, something greater. And that's what Jesus wants for all of us. He wants all of us to, to take a look at the truth of, of our life and to realize this whole Christianity thing, it's not about from the outside in, it's about from the inside out. And we spend so many t- so much of our life trying to look in a certain way, on the outside. And we think that's going to change the inside. And here's a a reality. No matter what you wear, it doesn't change who you are on the inside. Oh, it may he said, what needs to be cleansed. It's the hearts and minds. How is our, our heart cleansed? Our heart is cleansed for the, through the forgiveness of, of Jesus. What does the forgiveness of Jesus do? It, it, it keeps you clean. It keeps you free. It keeps you for God's purpose. Think about this for, for just a moment. They tell us that in the Mishnah, which is Jewish text, that, that there is, is more than 30,000 things that you need to do or, or, or don't do. God gave them 10. They make an effort to keep track of all of those things. Jesus didn't come to die for your sin and my sin so that we could keep track of things. He came to die for your sin and for my sin because we desperately needed the truth that only he could bring into our life. We desperately needed his forgiveness. We needed his salvation. And he came so that not only could he keep us forgiven, but that he would keep us secure. He would keep us saved the moment that we trust him. You see, tradition is something you keep. It's something you work on. Truth is something that keeps you. And can I tell you something, we're far better in the hands of truth than we are in the tradition of men, no matter who that man or group might be. You see, when we look at what unfolds in the story of Jesus that makes him so remarkable is this. He looked and he said, guys, this is what I've come to do. I didn't come so that you would do all of these things. I came so that you might have a clean heart and get rid of the evil thoughts and and quit the adultery and get rid of the fornication and the murder, the thefts, the stealing from people, the covetousness, what what somebody else has, wickedness, which is just sin off off the chart, the the, the practice of of many different things, deceit, that's lying, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, pride, it's, it's, it's right there. It's all over the scribes and the Pharisees. How come you're not living life like we are? <laughs> we got this system worked out and we're pretty good at it. Jesus, you ought to try it sometime. You see, when we, when we begin to, to look at Mark chapter 7, there's a, a lot of things that, that we could lay out. But I think we just need to ask ourselves this, this one simple question. And it's this, what will you walk after? Tradition or truth? And understand this when when Jesus was using the word tradition, when the people were using the word tradition, when I'm using the word tradition, we're not talking about young or old, we're not talking about present or past. We're talking about the things that are very present in our life that keep us comfortable but keep us from the truth of God. We're talking about things that keep us occupied, but keep us from the truth that Jesus wants to pour into our life. So let me ask you this. What will you walk after? Are you going to walk after tradition? Are you going to seek to be comfortable and miss what the Messiah, miss what Jesus was all about? Because that's where they were. Are you ready to go after truth? Are you ready to realize that we all need a Savior, that you need a Savior, and his name is Jesus? Are you ready to realize the truth that we live in a a community of hundreds of thousands of people that need to know Jesus? And Jesus said, I'm not worried about them washing their hands. I'm worried about me washing their hearts. What would it look like if we just decided to be a part of a movement that said, you know what, Jesus, we really don't care what they look like on the outside. We don't even care what they act like on the outside. What we want to do is we want to get them to you so that you can clean their heart. Because more than anything, that's what they need. And quite honestly, for some of us today, more than anything, that's what we need. We need a good heart clean. And the truth is this. We all have some heart issues and we all need the truth of Jesus. And today, I would just encourage you to listen to the question that Jesus was really asking those that were there, asking his disciples. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna walk after that tradition that you manipulate, whether you realize it or not, to make you feel okay? Or are you gonna walk after truth? You're gonna walk after the hope of the world that can change the heart of the world. Because ultimately, I would tell you today, right now, when we look at Afghanistan, guess what? They don't need a hand washing station. Pandemic or not, don't care. What do they need? A heart cleansing, right? What do we need as a country? Because it's easy to look at something that, that we can say is in a mess. But can I tell you, we need the same thing that they need. Same thing that, that they need. And to be perfectly honest, I, I don't care this morning. I mean, I'm saying this and I'll get some frowns. I don't care if you wash your hands. That does not, does not bother me in, 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 in the slightest. Why? Because there's bigger things to worry about bigger things to worry about. We got sanitizer stations, we got plenty of things, there's plenty of water. There's instructions are, are around, but, but but you know what? What's on the outside doesn't really need to occupy your mind or my mind. What needs to occupy our mind and what needs to wake us up early and keep us up late is that there's a world that desperately needs Jesus. And in the midst of being able to have a conversation with the one that can bring change, On a daily basis, instead of praying and interceding for people that need Jesus and need a heart cleansing, sometimes we're asking God, why aren't they doing what I'm doing? Why aren't they doing it like I would prefer? Lord, I I don't understand. That doesn't make me comfortable. And whether we like the comparison or not, we've inserted ourselves into Mark chapter 7 and verse number 5 and asking a question. That's more about us than about Jesus and the need in our own life and the needs of the lives of others. So who are we gonna walk after? A tradition of men, a tradition of self, or are we gonna go after truth? The truth of Jesus, the truth that he came to to give, and for us to continue to give to others. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? In just a moment, we're going to pray together. But before we do that, I just want to ask you today, have you ever accepted the truth of Jesus, that he loves you, that he gave his life for you, that he died on the cross so that you might know him? If you've never done that, today I want to invite you to do that. And here's why. Because the truth is this. We're all sinners and we all need a savior. And the only one that can save us is Jesus. I can't save myself. You can't save yourself. We can never get good enough for the hope of heaven. But Jesus is our hope of heaven. And we don't have to get good enough for him. He came and lived a perfect life and he went to the cross and he died so that we might know him as Savior. And today, all that you have to do is simply say, Jesus, the best I know how, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins because I know I'm not perfect. I know I have sinned. And I'm placing my faith and trust in the truth that you are who you say you are and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and I'm asking you to be my savior. Today, if you'll do that, he'll do what he said. So if you'd like to pray a prayer like that right now, let's pray that together. Jesus, the best I know how, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and I'm asking you to be my savior. I'm asking you to help me learn more about you and to help me live life more about you and less about me. Jesus, thank you for saving me. If you pray a simple prayer like that, Jesus will save you and Jesus will keep you. And that's his promise, not mine, it's his. Maybe you're here today and you say, John, I've already prayed a prayer like that, but quite honestly, we've talked about tradition. We've talked about preference. We've talked about the things that we're comfortable with. Can I just be honest? There's a lot of things right now in our culture that, that we think we need to be comfortable with, and it's really counter Christianity. It's counter truth. It's counter the, the word of, of God. And, and maybe it's just time for us as, as believers right here this morning to say, you know what? We're going to place a stake in the ground, and we want to be more anchored to, to truth than the preferences of men. We want to be more anchored to the truth that's in Jesus and and who he is and what he has for us than than we want the approval of of others. When we begin to to look, Jesus said the struggles, they come from the, the inside. And how many people right now in our culture are struggling with outward things? Things that they're changing on the outside that that will never change the inside. It will never be a a heart change. It will never be a a, a mind change. Maybe today our prayers as Christians, as followers of Christ, needs to be, Lord, help me to be anchored more to your truth. Whatever your prayer might be, I want to encourage you to pray with me. Father, I come to you today and I ask you for your help. Lord, we know the truth is this. We can look good on the outside and be, just be falling apart on the inside. And God, I'm asking you for help. I'm asking you for strength as a pastor, as a Christian, as a husband, as a dad, to be more anchored to your truth. To care more about your truth and in the inside than, than the outside of anything or anyone. And God, I, I ask that you would help us as a church to be more committed to truth, to be more concerned about the truth that people need you than hanging on to, to certain things or, or having to do things in, in a way. Help us to understand that, that, Lord, our we can be present, but our heart can be far from you, just based on the little things that we read this morning from from your word. It's easy to be a part of something, it's easy to be present in something, but our heart not be there. God, I'm asking you to help our heart to be all in when it comes to your truth, when it comes to our relationship with you, when it comes to every aspect of, of our life with you. Father, help us to be completely committed to that cause. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me. And all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins, and to be your personal Savior, I want to encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection, and putting your faith and trust in His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action, and He demonstrated His love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are, just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior, and he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us, we would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life if you are a part of the harmony family uh, you're part of our harmony uh, online community and our online campus i want to thank you for joining us as well and i want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so but please remember We're keeping everything online as well. So you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to HarmonyofAvon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of harmony at home. And I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life. And I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.